His love for me. Hey, if you can do it with a smile on your face and lots of joy, you can be seated. Yes, praise the Lord. What a fun time this morning. I am, uh, I'm Scott Matthews. If you're visiting, I'm authorized to be up here. And uh, I just want to tell you that this time of year, I think a lot about where I would like to be, where I'd like to vacation. Uh, I hope I'm, I'm assuming I'm not alone. I think about, hey, wouldn't it be fun to afford that trip to London and Dublin? Uh, I will someday, 2060. Uh, maybe I'll be able to maybe get to go to Tuscany someday uh, and or Burgundy or Alsace, uh, France. Uh, I think about that sometimes. Sometimes I think, hey, how about just Kauai or, or Maui? That sounds great. Or Monterey or Santa Barbara uh, or Bakersfield, you know, just to get away, you know. Uh, I just, I think about, you know, the where, uh, where I'd like to be. Maybe you do sometimes. Sometimes I, I think about sometimes, uh, you know, is this the home we want to live in? Is this where we want to be in for, you know, in our, in our early centenarian years? Uh, is this uh, where we want to live? Is this the grass I want to cut as much of it as there is? Uh, I think about the where sometimes. Do you, do you think about, uh, hey, is this the job I want to be in? Is this uh, the, the responsibility of scope that I want to have for the long haul? Where? You no doubt think of that. And sometimes I also think about the who. Who is it that is influencing me? Who do I want to be like? Uh, who is speaking into my life? Whose advice do I need to seek out? And whose advice do I need to stop listening to, right? <laughs> if it's the person you're next to, just give them a little nudge to let them know what to expect. No, you, you have these who questions, these where questions. And there's nothing wrong with them. But sometimes the where where we're going to be, and sometimes the who we're going to be, or not just who we're going to let speak into our lives, but who we're going to become. <laughs> Are we going to be happy with who we've become in our 50s, our 60s, um, our 30s? Sometimes we can get overly concerned and fixated with that. It can be kind of distracting. <laughs> uh, I know I get distracted by sometimes aware. I have this dream of owning a home in this one small city um, near the beach, and I am on an email distribution list from a veteran real estate broker from this community. And I would love to be able to buy a small chicken coop in this community that I would set up a home in uh, just someday. It's easy, is it not, to sometimes be distracted by the where. It's easy sometimes to be distracted by the who. Uh, who am I going to be? Who am I going to be like? And to be maybe even uh, just fixated on it. And the reason I bring this up is because um, we're going to be talking from a, a passage today that I think is really challenging. And I want you to be aware that I'm aware that there are some, what I would call, idolatrous level distractions in our culture. Uh, and uh, idolatry is defined, I think, by one of the best communicators in our country, Tim Keller, out of Manhattan, New York, Redeemer Church. Tim says that uh, idolatry is uh, our good things that become ultimate things in our lives. They in themselves are not wrong. <laughs> They're in sometimes good things. But idolatry happens when we take good things and they become have-tos. <laughs> These have to be true in my life or I'm not going to be happy. I'm not going to be comfortable. <laughs> if I don't have access to that media, I'm not going to be happy. If I don't have access to, you know, to that opportunity, I'm not going to be happy. It becomes idolatry. 
And for example, just in our own culture, I, I love all the sandals type uh, vacation resorts. This is one from Bermuda. Uh, excuse me, rather, Barbados. This is where Amanda and Bryce Werdeman serve our Lord Jesus. <laughs> How many of you are in for our next mission trip to Barbados? It'll happen. Be ready. It'll happen. You'll get a chance to go. But it's easy to think, oh, that's where I'd be really happy, right? Just right there. <laughs> Some of you are thinking, uh, no, I don't want to sit next to someone. I want the, the chair all by themselves, very at the very back end. But that's where I'll really be content. And sometimes it's easy to be distracted, even by celebrity types. One who I really respect, it's Will Smith. Will is featured in a book I've been reading this summer called Grit, uh, which is a, done by this psychologist who really captures uh, what is differentiating about people that accomplish a lot. It's not talent, it's grit. People that hang in there and uh, finish. <laughs> that's kind of the word for the book, finish, and finish strong. And in this book, uh, she, she takes a peek at Will Smith, who admits, he says, I'm not a great, I'm not a highly talented actor, but I will outwork any other actor out there. He commits to that. He says, I'll outwork him, and I'll work harder on my line memorization and my blocking than anybody. And whether he does or doesn't, it's the kind of character that you, you respect. It's easy. There's nothing wrong with being influenced by people of discipline and love and uh and courage character nothing wrong with letting them influencing you but you got to be careful about them becoming kind of the the jesus in your life you got to be careful about practicing idolatry where you listen too much Uh, you think about them all the time you want to be like them they're the most important person in your life you got to back up and realize hey every good and perfect gift whether it's the where you're at or that's the who you're surrounded by is from God, is from the Father of lights. And so this morning, I want to talk to you about idolatry to some degree. I want to help you perhaps identify what for you is an unhealthy focus. Uh, I think idolatry can be summarized in this way. It's artificial sanctuary, artificial comfort, artificial pleasure that God himself designed to fulfill in your life. It's reaching out for something that is artificial. It's an artificial comfort. It's temporary. An idol can be an artificial sanctuary. (laughs) It can be an artificial isolation that you're trying to meet here that God wants to meet. And uh, you want to know, hey, am I more dependent? Is there something in my life that I depend on more than God? (laughs) Because Jesus wants to be your focus. So what we're going to do... We're going to look at, I believe, some words perhaps you've never seen before. For real. I'm going to, some of you are really smart. I know. There's one of you. Uh, No, there's way more of you. (laughs) I'm just kidding. That came off a little disrespectful and arrogant. Yeah. Yeah. Take a break to just kind of think what you want from, all right. Uh, No, I've got a passage that I've actually never really studied carefully. And it has really touched me this week. And I'm just going to look at two little slivers in it. Here's, Here's where we're going to be if you've got your phone or your Bible. John chapter 17, verses 20 through 24. This truly is the Lord's Prayer. This truly is the Lord's Prayer. Now, I'm not talking about what you were trained to memorize as a kid, where you're instructed, pray in this manner, when Jesus' disciples asked him, teach teach us to pray. We are going to look actually at the lengthiest prayer of Jesus, 
at the end of his ministry, just shortly before he was betrayed, ours, and we're going to look specifically at his prayer for those who would believe his disciples. Who are those that believed his disciples' message? Who are they? Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. We're going to look at Jesus' prayer for us, and specifically his prayer for you. And I think, I think you're going to maybe hear something you haven't before. That's my hope. It's not... I would like to shock some of you that maybe I share something a little new, uh, but I really want you to hear what Jesus says here. So I'm going to start in verse 20. Here it is. Jesus' lengthiest verbatim prayer shortly before he passed away for those who would believe his message for us. Here it is. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you've sent me. Unity in the body of Christ. I have given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me, and I have loved them even as you have loved me. So this first piece of this prayer for us is that there's tremendous unity in the body of Christ. And I just want to take a moment and tell you that we have over 400 churches in Sacramento that are Christ-centered, Bible-believing churches that meet on a quarterly basis in Sacramento and are all in, committed to each other. We have some different interpretations of Scripture but we're committed to each other. And also, I meet with uh, up to 10 pastors every Wednesday at 8 o'clock, with the exception of a couple Wednesdays when I sleep in. And we meet and we pray together. Uh, and we're honest with each other. It's not a, <laughs> we actually meet more for one another and one another's family life than we talk about our jobs. So that there's unity in the body of Christ that maybe you don't hear from the media. In Sacramento, I can tell you, ever since the Louis Palau festival that we all went all in on all the pastors are tight okay just say with me we're tight we're we really are it's a good relationship all right now jesus prayer this is the prayer of the lord that i think can confront any idolatrous where or any idolatrous who in your life check this out jesus final words and prayer for you personally check it father i want those you've given me to be with me where I am, and to see my glory, the glory you have given me, because you loved me before the creation of the world. There's the first one. <laughs> so sometimes, I tell you, I can get lost in wanting to be someplace else. It's normally for vacation time, really. There's no other job I want. <laughs> God is my witness. There's no other place I want to live. I like where I live. But sometimes for vacation time, <laughs> there's other places I'd like to be, right? I think about that sometimes, and it can kind of intoxicate me. Like, yeah, that'd be so much fun. Yeah, I want to do that. And I don't know, maybe you're a little different. Maybe you think often, well, I, I'd rather not live right here. I would rather live over there. <laughs> I'd rather live further north. I'd rather live closer to the foothills. I'd rather live closer to the beach. I actually don't like where I live, <laughs> I'm not happy with my wear. You may also be at a place in your employment where you're not happy with the org chart you're working within. You're not happy with 
your supervisor, you're not happy with your team, uh, there's a where question for you that's kind of, it's not just a question, it's kind of paralyzing. <laughs> it's, it's got you, got you tightened up a little bit. Um, you're not content with what's going on. You don't have a lot of peace. And uh, the where is something that kind of overwhelms you. And I want to challenge you to kind of push that back, those feelings back, and look at Jesus' prayer for you. His prayer for you is that your biggest where be a desire to be where he is. That your big where in life isn't the next job, isn't the next relocation, isn't the next home. Your biggest where is that you have the chance to be with him. Let me read it again, just in case I'm just exaggerating and telling you what I want to hear. Let's read it. Father, I want those you've given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory. Can you see Jesus praying that prayer? I want to be with them. I want them to be with me. I want them to see my glory. His disciples saw his glory. When he's talking about his glory, you can't help but think about the description in Revelation of what it's going to be like to be at a place where there's no more tears. There's no more crying. There's no more violence. (laughs) There's no more news. (laughs) There's no more presidential campaigns. It is a glorious place to be, to be completely with Christ. He wants that to be your greatest wear. Now, some of you might be thinking, wow, is the pastor talking against great vacations? Absolutely not. (laughs) When I get to go to Tuscany, Italy, I don't want you to be all critical that I'm having a good time. (laughs) But what I'm saying is that there are a lot of wares in our hearts, that can be distracting. And Jesus wants to be the biggest where. He wants to be the number one where in your life. He wants, in your peripheral, you to always have a view of eternity that's to come. So that when you're surrounded by people that are fighting, that are finding life-threatening illnesses, that you're able to, to give them hope, to bring Jesus' hope to the where of their future, their opportunity to be with Christ. He wants you to be eternally minded, not to be without any earthly good. You've heard that saying, you're so eternally minded, you're not any earthly good. That's not what we're looking for at all. But we don't want to be so earthly minded that we're not any eternal good to people. We want to have a mindset like like Paul exhorted his uh, followers to do this, to set your eyes on things above, uh, not on the things that are on the earth for your life is hidden with Christ in God. And so this prayer of Jesus is simply, hey, I want to be with you. I want you to see my glory. And look at the detail. He says, I want you to see the glory I've had since the creation of the world. And if you want a little picture of this, read Revelation 1 this afternoon. And watch how John, Jesus' co-worker, responded when he met Jesus for the first time. He literally just kind of went to the ground like a dead man. It was overwhelming. Someday we're going to have new bodies And we're going to see the Lord face to face, just like he is. We're not going to pass out with fear. I don't expect to do that. I hope not. Uh, But we're going to get to see him and see all his glory. Jesus' prayer is that we get to see him in that regard. And that the where is big for us. Kyle Adaman, I think, says it well as it relates to idolatry. Uh, He says that whatever uh, whatever you're searching and chasing for, is the God that is winning the war of your heart. Uh, Again, uh, what you are searching for and chasing after reveals the God that is uh, winning the war of your heart. What is it that's winning your heart right now? 
What is it that has your attention the most? Sometimes it can be the wear in our lives. It, it can be other things. It can be comfort. <laughs> it can be the pleasure or entertainment of, of media. It can be the most important thing you got going. <laughs> and I'm here to tell you, Jesus wants to be the one who's the most important thing right here. Let me show you his prayer for you. Here it is in verses 25 and following. He says this. Righteous Father, there's a, there's a, a title you can give to God in prayer. I love that. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you. And they know that you have sent me. I've made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. Jesus' prayer for me is that I would let him dwell right here in the innermost part of my heart. I remember watching the Emmys, I believe it was a couple years ago, and I was just amazed that there were artists who I respected, tremendously gifted artists who I respect, that were channeling other spirits of other artists, some that had already passed away, to help them perform better. So when I say channeling, they were inviting the spirit of dead artists to come into them so they would perform better. Is that a surprise to any of you? Yeah, yeah, it's for real. And when I heard that, I thought, wow, isn't that interesting? Jesus' desire is that he dwell in us through the Holy Spirit. That, that he dwell right in here. That he be the center of our lives. His prayer is very clear about that. And yet there are so many other artificial who's in our life that we want to fill that heart. We can be very tempted to, to want the approval of people disproportionately. Disproportionately instead of God's approval. We can be like me sometimes. I want people's advice. I like to listen. It's part of my leadership style. Uh, I like to listen, but there, what, there comes a time when I have to make a decision. And it's important that the voice I hear the most is the voice of Jesus. It's easy to become someone that cares too much about the opinion of others. It's important to love people, put them before you. But ultimately, you've got to make your own decision. <laughs> you want to fear God and serve him first, not man. Jesus wants to be right here with you. He wants to be the most important who of your life. I threw up Will Smith there because I think we live in a culture where we don't want to just be content with Jesus' approval. There's this cultural push that we want to be someone famous. We want lots of likes on everything we post, don't we? How many of you put something up and are like, gosh, I hope no one likes that? No, we're a like culture. We want to be liked. And I'm here to share that Jesus wants to be the one whose approval you desire the most. And you want it right here. You want him in you. You want him living in you. You want him approving you. Uh, He's the final word on your decisions. I like hearing from uh, professional architects and attorneys and family and marriage therapists and certified financial planners and CPAs and uh, smart people, smarter than I am. But ultimately, doctors included. But ultimately, Jesus is the smartest guy there ever was. So I want to pray and I want to ask him, to give me the wisdom I need. So what we have today is uh, we have a prayer for the church from Jesus. And the prayer is twofold. Hey, I want you to be where I am. My number one priority is that you're where I am. And so 
if you have uh, something that is distracting you often, that you're not happy with the where you're at. You don't like where your kitchen is at. It needs to be remodeled. You don't like uh, your yard. It needs yard work. You don't like your car. It needs to get hit by a semi-tractor so that it goes away without anyone in it. You don't like the where in your life right now. I want you to challenge you to push it aside and say, hey, the most important where is being with Jesus someday and experiencing him now, especially amidst some of the discontentment you may feel. And secondly, the who in your life. I want to challenge you today to make it a priority in your life to have Jesus live here. That's what it means to be a Christ follower. And here's how you do it. You let Jesus move in and into your heart and you kick an idol out. You let Jesus move in and kick an idol out. And sometimes you do that by (laughs) deleting some apps on your phone. Let's get real personal. (laughs) You just don't need to be spending your time doing that. Sometimes you do that by bringing in a a new friend (laughs) that'll help you grow. Sometimes you do that by making a bold move and going on a retreat, like a men's retreat or a women's retreat that can be kind of (laughs) scary to you. Sometimes you do that by... uh, by, as it relates to um, travel and, and homes, you pray this prayer that I learned from uh, Jesus' brother James, but also my, my rice farming grandpa. You say, if the Lord wills, we'll do such and such. If the Lord wills, we'll go to Tuscany. If the Lord wills, we'll, we'll go to Bakersfield. <laughs> if the Lord wills and the creek don't rise, we'll do such and such. And this just will lighten your stress and help you Put the Lord first in all you do. Now, this message was written for people who would believe the disciples' message, just like we have. We believe in the message that's come down from the first century from Jesus' original disciples. And today, uh, we have believers who've made that decision. Uh, They have made the decision to believe that what Jesus suffered on that cross was a once-for-all act that... Uh, completely removed any barrier between man and God. Completely. What Jesus did on that cross made anything I would try to do to please God completely done and actually unnecessary as it relates to having peace with God. Uh, We have folks that have made that decision. And today they're going to go public right before you. I'm going to ask the Gibbs if they would start coming down forward, please. Uh, But we have families who've said, you know what? We're going to go public with our decision to trust that what Christ did on the cross was done for us. And uh, they're going to be baptized just right now before you. Now, some of you are like, wow, what is this? Well, you're going to see. This is how the early church proclaimed publicly their commitment to Jesus Christ. And uh, you might be here thinking, hey, I've never done that. Well, have you made the decision to trust that what Jesus did on the cross was for you? If you have, uh, why not? Why not step up and uh, join us? We've got some bathing suits in the back uh, and uh, towels and even some cheap Old Navy sandals we'll throw in for you uh, if today's your day. But would you celebrate with the Gibbs family as they make that decision right now? All right, Jeremy, why don't you come on up? Yes, sir. Okay, and then we'll ask you and Tiffany to help with Aiden. How you doing, Aiden? you just back from a trip, aren't you? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Where'd you go? Uh, Hume, Lake. Hume Lake. Yeah, that is good living at Hume Lake. 
Come on out. It should be warm. No, a little fail. <laughs> yeah, that heater turned off. I didn't even notice. Jeremy, just want to clear. I just want to first thank you for all your work for our church. Thanks for helping with sound. It's been a gift to us. But most importantly, do you believe Jesus died for your sins on that cross? And is it your desire to make him the leader of your life? Yes. Awesome. All right. Well, I want to baptize you. Please sit down here. Baptize you, Jeremy, in the name, yeah, in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. Awesome. 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 And Linda, can you bring a towel for Jeremy, please? Oh, awesome. Great. All right, Miss Tiffany, why don't you come up? And Jeremy, you stand on the other side, and let's, uh, let's baptize your wife together. Great, yeah. It was. I wish, yeah. Is it good? Yeah, you're alive. Good. We we was getting. <laughs> good answer. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. All right. Good. All right. Cool. Cool. Right. Good. Yeah. How many of you are feeling compassion right now? How many of you are like, wow, I am never doing that. <laughs> hey, just want you to know how proud we are of you. We think you're an amazing mom. We're so thrilled for your family. I want to ask you, do you understand that what Jesus did on that cross covered everything? Okay. Is it your desire to make him the leader of your life? Yes. Very well. Jeremy, will you help me? And plug your nose for us if you would. We're going to keep you down for a second. What? Tiffany, we baptize you. You ready to say? Yeah. Hey, boys, why don't you come around here and put your hand on your mom. We'll do it together. We baptize you, Tiffany, in the name of the Father, Son. Throw your hand out here. And Holy Spirit. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. There you go. There you go, Mom. You bet. Proud of you. All right, Aiden, you're next. Yes. All right. Awesome. Come on up. All right, bro. Mom and Dad, why don't you come over here? Mom and Dad, why don't you come here? All right. Dude, isn't this awesome to see this as a family? This is the Gibbs family going for it. All right. Jeremy and Tiffany, why don't you take Aiden? Uh, Aiden, I just want to ask you, do you understand Jesus died for all your sin? Yep. Uh, Will you make him the leader of your life? Great. Mom and Dad, let's baptize him. We baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Holy Spirit. Plug your nose. Jeremy, make certain he goes all the way under. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Double. Perfect. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good job. All right. Help him out on the way down. Mr. Leonard? Leonard, are you ready? Yes, sir. All right. Proud of you, Leonard. You going for it? Give Leonard a hand. This takes. This is a bold move. And he doesn't like water. Well, we're, we got a treat for you. Come on in. Yes, sir. Uh, we just are proud to be able to celebrate this moment for you. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's my bad. I, I, I'm, we messed up on that. Not a hot tub. Not a hot tub. No. Uh-uh. No, we got people who could give us one for free, though, in this church, don't we? We get one up here? Come on. Just, I'm just kidding. Hey, is it your understanding? Jesus died for everything. <laughs> it's a no perfect people allowed faith. Great. 
uh, your your desire to make him the leader of your life? Yes, I do. Great. Uh, then we're going to baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Yes, sir. All right. Plug your nose if you would. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Let's walk out here. Help you out. Got you. All right, sir. You bet. Yes, sir. Pleasure. Isn't that awesome? Imagine yourself. Just today, based on what I shared, imagine a couple things. Imagine when it comes to the where, uh, it's not whether or not you're going to live in your your dream home or whether or not you're going to have the dream kitchen or whether or not you're going to have the dream vacation. Uh, or whether or not you're going to have the, <laughs> the Bakersfield experience. It doesn't matter. Imagine yourself finding contentment wherever. Because you know that you know where you're going to be someday. With Christ in all of his glory. Forever and ever and ever. That's the vision. <laughs> so this life, and I realize for many of you, you're thinking, hey, I don't have to worry about this for a long time. <laughs> I used to think that. It's... Creeping up, man. I'm, I'm about to hit year 49, the year of Jubilee. <laughs> uh, wow. Imagine a second thing. Imagine that in your life, the most important who, the opinion, the input, the advice you value the most is, is the loving advice from your heavenly Father through Jesus Christ living right here. That's who you want to please the most. When it's there, it takes a lot of stress off. Doesn't mean you're not a listener. <laughs> you should be a humble listener. You should be approachable. But when it all's said and done, you want to hear from Christ. Imagine you're having a renewed interest in reading the Bible. And if not reading it, if that's hard for you, playing it. <laughs> Every read for the Bible plan, you can push play. It's awesome. If you're busy, get in your car, push play, and listen. Imagine the kind of person you'll be. It's not just my desire. It's Jesus' last prayer for you. 